Good morning. It's so good to see so many of you today. And, um, you know, there's something about taking time out from your day, especially on one of these few beautiful spring days that we have gotten so far, to come and to gather together as the body of Christ and to worship the Lord and to learn from him. And you will be blessed for it because the word of the Lord says that you will be. And you will be strengthened and um, renewed, and I just um, am going to open with prayer, but I I just know, though, that God's going to do something special here today. I've been really excited about this, and um, I'll try to contain my excitement. (laughs) For those of you who don't know me, I am a kindergarten teacher, and so I am a little animated, and so my husband said, make sure you explain that to them, Cindy, or they're going to think that you're on cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I don't mean to be, but, you know, when you hang around for f- with five-year-olds for about 30 years, you know, <laughs> something happens. <laughs> actually, actually, I think that um, maybe this precedes those five-year-olds because I went to a Catholic school, and those nuns had a really hard time with me. <laughs> they didn't know quite what to do with me. <laughs> so, all right, let's open in prayer. Father, I just thank you for, I thank you for these women, Lord. I thank you for sisters in Christ that we can be um, just encouraged through, Lord, and that we can glean from. And Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your word that is not just some letters in a book, but it is live. And it's alive today. And it does something in our heart when we open it and we learn from you. And, Father, I pray that we would have hearts that would just be pliable, like soft clay today, that our eyes and our our ears and our hearts would be open to anything that you would want to speak to each one of us. Lord, I pray that the ministry that would happen today um, would just be something that would draw us closer and closer to you and would strengthen us for each new day. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, live simply is our theme, and um, I have to admit, when Casey and I got together and talked about this, this was something that I was really wrestling with and had been, and um, like, how do you do this? What's that look like? And actually had spent some time, I think it started last summer, just really seeking God of what does that mean for me? And as Casey and I um, prayed about it and discussed it, we thought, you know what? This would be a great theme for our she event. And so I just want you to know that this probably, the way the Lord kind of laid this out in my heart, it's probably a lot of this was for me, but I know it's going to minister to you too. And there's something cool about when it is something that really ministers to you because there's a kind of a passion that comes with it, and that's kind of how I feel today. So this day, um, these days, and in our culture, we probably all struggle with this concept. We live in a go, 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 go culture. And, you know, we have to make all these decisions because there's so many good options. Like, what do I do? What do I not do? What do I get involved in? What do I not get involved in? So there is one verse, though, in my journey that has really gotten to me, and it's in 2 Corinthians 11.3. And it was this one. This is the one that got me. It says, I am afraid 
that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, that your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. Whoa. So I chewed on that one for a while. And in my life, and I, and I, and I think you probably think those too, there, I have this mental thing that goes on where I just say push, push, push. You know, you can, you can do one more thing. You can get one more thing crossed off. You can, get, you can accomplish one more thing. And it might be in work, or it might be at home, and it might be with my family, it might be in church, but wherever it is, it's just kind of, anybody identify with that? Where you kind of feel push, 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 push. Try to, try to just do one more thing, one more thing, and you can make it. Or, here's another one. Maybe you think this one. Well, if I just get through this, then my life will be way less complicated. Anybody ever think that one? Yeah, well, just get through that one. And then something else comes up, doesn't it? Yeah, or it might be, well, you know what? I'm a little ADD. That's my personality. It's just the way I'm wired. That's just the way I'm supposed to be. But that one didn't quite, I mean, I tried to use that one a lot. But that one doesn't quite fit because there's not a piece in it, you know? There's not an inner piece with it. So the, the being deceived in it was the, hmm, I could use all of those reasons. I could try to explain it away. But is that a deception that Satan is trying to use with me? So I wonder, in my busyness, is my mind being led astray from simplicity? And then I'd think, well, what does simplicity look like anyway? You know, you, you know, when you think of that word, simplicity, the first thing that pops into my brain is a monk on a hill in a hut. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, is that what simplicity looks like? A monk, you know, just kind of put yourself away and get alone and live in your hut and be happy. So I was thinking, I'm not so sure that's what the Great Commission is all about. So I, I just thought, I, I need to research this some more. I need to really study, and I really need to do some soul searching, and I just need to say, God, what does this ma- mean for me? And upon this, I, came, I found a quote that I thought really fit with what I was wrestling with and maybe what you wrestle with. And it was this. It says, the purpose of simplicity is not to downsize. See, that's another thing I thought it was. It's not to downsize. It's not to declutter. Or it's not to say no to everything. The purpose is to encourage you to live life the way God has planned for you. His way, now here's the the clincher, his way is one of inner peace and rest in the midst of a complex and busy world. Ah, oh, okay. That, that kind of fit what I, with what I was trying to wrap my brain on. You know, live the way God's planned for you, and when you live it the way God wants you to live it, it might be crazy. It might be tiring. It might be crushing at times, but you will do it with an inner peace. You will do it with an inner peace. And if there's not that inner peace there, if you're not knowing, then maybe you need to ask God, God, is this something that you want me to do? 
You'll, there will be that in this busy world. So my, my next definition, then, is one that I kind of compiled with all of that. And this is what I think a woman of simplicity looks like. And you might not agree, but it's kind of what I came up with. <laughs> all right, the next slide, Cindy. It says, a woman of simplicity is one who lives a God-paced life. So she waits for God's leading. She has time to be still and know her Lord. Can't do it without that. She has a deep abiding rest in her spirit. And she is a woman of profound simplicity because she has only one focus, being simply and purely devoted to Christ. So in this crazy world, we can live simply, and we don't have to be a monk, and we don't have to sell everything we have. We just have to know where our devotion is, and we have to keep our eyes on it, because that's our prize. So we have been given, we have been given each day to live out this simple devotion to him. And so we have been given this sacred gift called time. And I would like to illustrate this using $24. There's 24 hours in a day, and I want to illustrate time using $24. But I'm going to set the mic down because i got to use two hands. <laughs> Uh-oh. That's going to mess it up, isn't it? Will you? Is that going to be okay for recording? Yeah, who would like to volunteer? Do you want to come on up, Lauren? Hold my mic. <laughs> We're recording this for some people who couldn't come, so I really needed that little head thingy. All right, okay. So I'm going to illustrate. I'm going to illustrate. Go backwards. There you go. I'm going to lay it out here. I'm going to illustrate. Um, what a, what a typical day can look at look like using $24, okay? So we spend about three, four, five, six, seven, eight hours sleeping, maybe. Some of you don't. Some of you maybe spend more. Some of you hope that you get eight hours. <laughs> All right, then let's say we spend eight hours at work. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, maybe that's at work. Maybe that's, you know, taking care of your children. Maybe that's at school. Whatever, whatever that could look like. Then let's say we, t we, we spend an hour a day um, in personal hygiene. Maybe that's taking a shower. Maybe you work out. You can get that in there. Um, putting on your makeup, whatever that might look like. Then let's put an hour for, for car time. Maybe you, have to, maybe you have to drive to work. Maybe you are transporting kids. Maybe you're, you know, just have that time that's in the car. It takes about an hour a day, okay? Then let's say we have like an hour for all those things like um, yard work and maybe homework or those kinds of things that just seem to kind of happen. And then let's spend, oh, let's spend two hours a day, is kind of what they say, on technology. Now, that could be um, Facebook, that could be Pinterest, that could be texting, 
that could be um, reading the news on your or surfing the web or anything that looks like that, okay? Then let's say that you spend an hour a day, maybe all you're doing is um, maybe watching half a movie or maybe, or maybe it's two hours. Maybe it's watching a, a movie or maybe it's watching TV or something like that, all right? And then, oh yeah, then we got this, whoops, leftover time. We've got our Jesus time. There we go. So our day might look something like this, kind of spread out. It's really interesting when you look at research, what, how we spend our days. You know, it's like, wow. <laughs> and we spend it in, in so many ways. We spend it sleeping. We spend it working. We spend it caring for our bodies, transporting children. Um, Oh, eating, meal prep. That's what one of these guys was supposed to be for. Meal prep. You got to cook <laughs> and clean up and eat, you know, and, and talk on your phones. And we have all of these different ways that our 24 hours just kind of lay out before us. And then we have, yep, our, oh yeah, our Jesus time that kind of comes in there. So, in living this life of simplicity and devotion to Christ, you know, we, we have to kind of decide for ourselves, how do we view time? How do we view time? Now, do we guard it? Do we guard it? Are, are we so annoyed or resent any interruption that we get? I've been guilty of that. You know, you're just kind of cooking and you're getting something done and you have this idea in your brain you want to get this done before this time and then all of a sudden somebody comes and you're just like, ah, I don't have time for this. (laughs) You know, that is guarding it and that is resentful and we don't like interruptions. But, you know, God often works through interruptions and he, that's, that's often what happens in our lives you know we get off of our list or do we ration every moment gotta have that much there and I gotta have that much there and I gotta have this there and this there and oh yeah I can no 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 you can't go over there you gotta stay over there you know and we ration it so much that we really never have enough we never have enough time oh I just don't have enough time you know of course there is There is really a place for wise management. But we have to be careful of that with time and in our devotion to Christ. Because wise management is good, but it can turn into rigid performance. It can turn into something that is so um, set out in our head. The path is so lined up. The dots are so connected that we don't let God come in because it's not one of our dots. And we don't let him um, come in and interrupt our times in the ways that he often wants to do. So it's kind of like time is kind of like this pretty little flower. It's this wonderful, sacred gift that we have been given. It is beautiful. But we can hold time and guard it. We can hold it loosely. Isn't that pretty? Or we can guard it so 
tightly, don't you dare interrupt my time, that we crush it in like a closed fist. And what we thought we were doing is we thought we were protecting our time. You're not coming in. I am protecting my time. We thought we were protecting this beautiful, beautiful thing so that we could get things done. But in the end, all we did was destroy it. It's kind of an interesting um, illustration is that we can destroy it by holding it too tightly. You know, another thing about time, and I think we all know people like this, and we are probably people like this too, is that we get really distracted um, by our need for constant motion. (laughs) We have to always be doing something in this culture, it seems, and... You know, you got to go, and you got to go, and you got to go, and oh, we got an open this day. Oh, good, I'm going to put this in it, and we got to do, and we got to go, and we got to be, and we got to, and we just have this constant motion, and there's nothing wrong with that unless, unless it does what research shows that it does. And we begin to um, be moving so much that we are not able to see and hear what's relevant to truth because we don't park some way long enough to actually contemplate it. And I think that in the definition back there where it talked about, what was that one phrase? Um, and she has time to be still and know her Lord. That, that doesn't really happen when we are just in constant, constant, constant motion. So if we can't see and if we can't hear and if we can't contemplate what's relevant to truth and we kind of lose what's of eternal value what really matters so what we'd start doing is we start filling up our moment and oh I don't need any sleep so I'm going to push that one into work and then I think I'll push this one over to here oh and oh my goodness yeah I need to look better oh god I gotta put this one over here oh less sleep less sleep oh less work less work and we just kind of go blah 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 and it just becomes a mess and this is what our day starts to look like it just becomes a mess Everything kind of slides into something else, and we schedule, and we reschedule, and we multitask, and then we multitask our multitasking, and we just are go, 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 and, and, oh, give me another coffee, and I'll get through this, and, oh, I need a power drink, and blah, 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 and we just move, (laughs) and we keep going, and our world gets noisy, and we schedule, and we reschedule, and we can't see, and we can't hear, and so we can't know what God's trying to tell us. So in the end, we got to think, okay, what really matters? What really matters? And there is a beautiful psalm. It's, it's Psalm 90, verse 12, and I think it's up on the screen. And it says, tell us how short our life is so that we may become wise. Wasn't that beautiful? I even liked the, the illustration of that bird on that wire. Because you know what? That wire goes on and on and on. And our life is just that little speck in there. Because life is eternal. So tell us how short 
Our life is so that we can become wise. Bring us back, God, to what's really important. Bring us back to what's really eternal. So we can be wise in how we use this gift called time. We want to be wise, Lord. We want to use it the way you would want to use it. We know we still need to drive our kids. We know we still need to sleep. We know we still need to work. But help us, Lord, to use it wisely. In our, in comparison to eternity, our life is this. (sighs) That's it. Started, (gasps) ended. (sighs) Done. So, this is a challenge to me and a challenge to all of us. How are we going to live it? starting today. How are we going to live it? What are we going to do with each day? Are we just going to wake up and go, oh, just kind of float through another day? Or are we going to like, oh, I got to get this done. Oh, I got to get this done. Oh, I got to get this done. How are we going to do it? And I found a really cool quote that says, I think I put the guy's name on it, yeah, Dave Henderson. It says, what becomes is important is not that I manage time, but that I let God manage me. Not that I manage time, but that I let God manage me. Because that's really what a life of simplicity looks like. Saying, okay, God, Here I am. Direct me today. Show me. As I go through all my piles, show me. Show me. Show me what you want. You know, I had a really interesting thing happen to me. I was sharing this with Casey that one day, I think it was, I don't, I don't know when it was, recently anyway, I was walking into, into the school, and I, when I put my hand on the door, and I might have shared this with some of you, I put my hand on the door. I just felt like God said to me, what you do today matters. And it just stuck with me. And I opened the door, and I went in. But you know what that did for me? What that did for me is that I was looking. I was like, oh, boy. What I do today matters, you know, and everybody that came to me and every child that had something going on in their life, I was like, okay, God, this matters. Okay, God. It gave me like a new perspective, you know. I wish I could say I live like that every day. I don't, but it was a real, it was a real eye-opener to how I should live. So that it's not me managing my time, but I'm really listening for how God would want to manage my time and my day. In um, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 5 to 16, there's a verse in there, though. It says, be very careful then how you live. So careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise making the most of every opportunity, for the days are evil. Making the most of every opportunity. 
What you do today matters. Our time. Teach us, Lord, back to that psalm. Teach us, Lord, to be wise with it. Teach us to be wise. So there are some things, though, that can help us to make the best use of our time, I believe. You know, we can pray and say, Lord, teach us to use. That's good. But you know what? There are some practical steps that we have to take also. And I think that the first practical step, if we really want to be wise in our time and in our day, is that we have to seek wisdom. You know, it would be awesome if God just kind of took a picture and poured it into me every day. I would love that, but that doesn't seem to reveal my heart's desire for it. That would just be God doing it. So we really, if that's what we really desire, we need to seek wisdom. And there are, what I feel, three ways that you can seek wisdom. The first way is from his word. And um, Proverbs 2, I kind of want to read this one. This is, this is really an interesting one about the wisdom that comes from his word. And I think I have verse 6 up there, but I think I'm going to read the first five verses also. It says, my son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as silver and search for it as a hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Wow. Seek for it as a hidden treasure. Seek wisdom. This is your treasure chest. Go for it. This is your treasure chest. Go after it. Another way that we can um, obtain or seek wisdom is from others. And Proverbs 13.20 says, He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. You know, we need to, we need to go in places and with people who don't know the Lord, yes. We need, to get, we need to share the hope that we have with others who do not have that hope. We need to share the peace that we have with others who do not have that peace. However, we need to also make sure that we have others in our lives who are going to be companions that are going to help us grow in wisdom. You know, there's nothing like a sister in the Lord that you can pray with. There's nothing like someone that you can go to and just be real with. And they can say, hey, you know what? I think this is really out of place in your life. And they can pray with you because they have that relationship with you. So we, can't, we have to, another way we can really seek wisdom is from others. And then the third way, I think, is from the Bible is ask. Ask for it. James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks 
Wisdom, there it is. He should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will, will be given to him. And you know what? He gives generously to all without finding fault. He doesn't say, you don't get wisdom. Look how you screwed up today. Ah, that wisdom, that's for her. Because see that little halo she's wearing? But not you. Uh Uh-uh. That's not what that verse says. That verse says he gives it to all. Ask him. Ask him. Because he gives generously to all. And it will be given to him. So in other words, in seeking wisdom... We have to be active. We have to be determined. There is some effort that is required for us to become acquainted with that and to understand wisdom. And then, you know what? I have found this beautiful thing, and I know many of you have too, but it's this little pile. It's this little pile right here. This, oh yeah, time with Jesus stuff. That is where so much wisdom in the Lord is gained. And in that, you know, comes this awe, this awe that we find ourselves in in the presence of an all-powerful God. There is something about time spent with him, this all-wise, all-knowing God. And then he, in turn, directs us in ways um, as we listen, you know, there, the, you, you might feel like this sometimes. I know I do. You, you feel drained. You feel like you don't have peace. I would equate it to feeling like I'm in a hamster in one of those little cages <laughs> and I'm running, 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 but I'm just kind of spinning and I'm not really going anywhere. The cage just keeps moving, but I'm not really going anywhere. And I think, I don't have time to be in the Word. I don't have time in the Word. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. And I got all of these other things. And um, in a, when I was kind of going through this and studying all of this, I found a, a, something I had written in my journal that said this. And I was like, oh, that is, that is so right. It says, today my time in the Word with the Lord I feel awake, and I feel at peace. There's something about getting out of the cage (laughs) and sitting on the couch (laughs) with your Bible and just realizing and understanding the peace and the rest in whatever your life is putting you in, in that little cage, whatever your struggle is, whatever your hardship is, and you're spinning, If you can take time to get out of that cage and be still before your God, there is a peace that comes, and it's something only he he can do. The other thing that we need to do, according to that Ephesians verse, is that we need to be alert. It says, be alert. Be careful how you live. We have to be alert for opportunities that come our way, like me with my hand on the door each day, okay? Um, In Luke chapter 12, verse 35, it says, Be dressed and ready for service and keep your lamps burning. You know, when I read this section of scripture, I kind of went, duh. 
because I always thought of this section as, and I, and I think this is what it's talking about, but this only as the second coming of Christ. You know, it's about keeping your oil and your bur- burning so that when God comes back, when Christ comes back, that he'll find you ready, you know, and waiting and so on. And so I had this picture in my brain of, you know, these little ladies with their lamps, and they're like, oh, is he coming today? Is he coming today? You know, and just kind of waiting for it. And, oh, not today. Okay, I'll come back tomorrow. But it's, it's way bigger than that. I think it is, it's talking about be ready for service every day. How, God, how do you want to use me today? My lamp is burning and I know you're coming back, but I'm not going to just stand here and wait for you. I'm going to be of your service today. So it's, I don't know why that had never hit me, but it was like, oh, yeah, that's bigger than that. That's more than that. So what really takes our, our, our time is something that this precious gift that we have for him, from him. But what really matters, I think, is that we take this little pile, this little pile of times, this loose change of time spent with him, and we spill it into all of these other little piles. So that when you're in the car and you're driving your kids, you're talking about things that have to do with God. When you're texting your friends, you're encouraging them in the Lord. When you're at work, you're displaying the character of someone who loves Jesus. And you're looking for ways that you can minister to the hurts of others. So in all of these ways, that pile spills in to everything else that we do when we are simply and purely devoted to Christ. So the last slide, I believe, is my times are in your hands. Lord, I relinquish my day to put it into your hands. I want to be faithful in the moment. Help my mind to be with yours. And then... We can say, you know what, God? You are my God. I am not my God. You are my strength. I don't need to do this on my own. You are my hope. I don't need to be anxious about the day. You are my peace. And I can put all of my time in this box called me. And then, as Colossians chapter 3 says, Colossians chapter 3 says, I will set me, I will set me, my time, my heart on things above, my things on things above, my time in your hands, and then I will find myself, as Colossians 3 talks about, hidden in God. And then I can live. That's how I'm going to do it. 
then I can live a, sim a simple, single, one-box <laughs> devotion to his will. Let's pray. Lord, I just, I just thank you, Lord, that you are such an awesome, amazing God. And Lord, I pray that you would just impress upon our hearts how short this life really is. Lord, give us wisdom to live as you intend. Lord, let us be women who engage with people and engage with tasks wholeheartedly, but not to hold them tightly, Lord, but to do it for your glory. Help us to know how to deal with these distractions that come to us each day. Give us wisdom in knowing how to respond to those interruptions. Lord, I pray that we would be fully present in your presence and focused on anyone who crosses our path. May we learn to value each moment, because, Lord, each moment, each second is a gift. And may we sanctify each day by living in simple and pure devotion to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.